Praise the Lord. Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually come out of my mouth. Amen. Come on. The humble are going to hear, and they will rejoice and be glad. Amen. Come on, man. Come on. Join me and let us bless the name of the Lord every day, all day, more, every year, all year, all this whole life, every day of our life. Amen. Give him glory. Amen. Give him praise. Amen. He is the only one who is worthy of our praise. Amen. Come on, man. Are we in church, man? we have church today? Come on. We're going to talk about some pretty hard stuff today, and we have to start right where we need to start, but I got a question. You know what I mean? And I've been asking this question for a little while, man. All right. Are you the church? You know what I mean? Are you the church? Come on, man. How can you know? And we've been challenging these three little series that we're going through these, this little bit of time right here. We're challenging these three little series, man. And and, and, and just basically kind of a little test, you know, to see where you're at in this. Number one, man, if you're calling yourself the church, you got to know that you believe the whole gospel. Not only believe the whole gospel, but that you trust the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. You trust the fact that God created us in his image and we pushed ourselves away from God. You got to recognize that, man. That is a true story. God created us in his image and we pushed ourselves away from God. All right, and he paved a way back. He created a way back through his son, Jesus Christ, all right, who came, all right, who was born in the flesh, God in the flesh, born as a man to understand what we've been going through. We'll talk about that in a minute, all right, who, who died for our sins, who shed his blood to wash us clean, the blood of Jesus Christ to wash us clean from our sins, who was buried and rose again, Amen. All right, who ascended into heaven and sent us his Holy Spirit, all right, to give us power for living this life, amen? amen. And it's coming back, amen? amen? Hallelujah, the whole gospel. We gotta know that we believe it. We gotta know that we trust it. And then, and then we gotta challenge our lives, man, because even though we believe that, even though we trust that, kings try to rise up in our life above the king of kings, the king of, of, of pride, all right, the king of, of, of power, the king of, of, of pleasure, my own pleasure only in my pleasure. That king, those kings try to rise up above God, man, and we have to be, the church will recognize these kings and they will cast down these kings. They'll say, not today, not my life. All right, not in front of my God, not higher than my God. These kings are worthless compared to my God, amen? And then the, the, the church will pursue a life that is holy because Jesus, he said, God said himself, be holy because I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. He said for us to be holy. And so we are going to pursue holiness. The church continues, lives a life of pursuing holiness, a different life that makes a difference in this life. Amen. Are you the church? Come on, man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a question we need to ask, man, because we, we, we trip ourselves out. Mm-hmm. All right, because here's what we know. The world needs Jesus, amen? And the church is the first expression, or at least should be. We're gonna talk some crazy stuff today. At least should be the first impression of Christ in the world, amen? Are you the church? Let me ask you a question, man. What does the world see when it, when it sees you? 
What does the world see, man? All right, because this is the question. What does the world see when it sees you? Does it see a life of praise, man? Does it see a life of prayer? Does it see a life of purpose? Does it see a gospel-centered life, all right, that is, that is, that is looking out for others? Does it see a life that shines Jesus and puts others first? Does it see a life that reaches into the lives of the elderly and tries to help the elderly? Does it see a life, all right, that, that encourages and, and tries to pour wisdom into the next generation? Does it see a life, all right, that is out feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, man, and helping the hurting? Does it see a gospel-centered life, all right, that is being strong for the weak? And using their influence for those who have no influence. Does, uh, the, the, does that what the, church, the world sees when it sees you? Or are you, or, I'm not sorry. I was going to say I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Or are you merely a reflection of the world claiming Jesus? When the world looks at you, man, does it just see itself? Does it see everything in your life that leads? Does it see everything in your life leading to the kings of your life, these little tiny kings that we raise up? Or does it see the king of all life? How does it see you use any power in your life? Any influence in your life? How does, how does when the world looks at you, what does it see? This is an important question, man. And we can claim stuff all day long. We can wear all the T-shirts and get all the tattoos, all the whatever. What does the world see when it sees you, man? Here's what I know, that God gives us power, right? He gives us power to live extraordinary lives and even extraordinary lives, which is probably the same word, right, isn't it? <laughs> extraordinary, if I put a comma in or a little dash, it would be extraordinary. But <laughs> I knew it meant the same thing, all right? <laughs> Leave it alone, I just tripped myself out right there. But God gives us the power to live extraordinary life <laughs> for the glory of Jesus Christ and the benefit of the world around us. Do we recognize that, man? Because we know that God gives power, but I think we get it twisted. See, because the problem is not everybody sees power that way. Not everybody sees power the way that God gives it. All right, we look around and we see how power is benefiting other people, how influence is benefiting other people, how any, any, any rise in life is benefiting themselves and not, not, not others. We, we, we see how they benefit themselves and we want some too. Because power can be very, very self-serving, right? At least that's what the devil says, all right? I don't know if you recognize, there's a story in the scriptures, man where Jesus, you know, just, it's, it's, it's a story of history. It's, a, it's an account of history in the scriptures. As soon as Jesus, you know, started, you know, becoming more and more publicly known and people got, started becoming aware of him, all right? He had, he had gotten baptized by John the baptizer and another story another time because they're like, why? We'll talk about it another time, but he did. And immediately after that, the devil, or the devil, <clears throat> excuse me, the spirit of the Lord led him to be tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And he kind of went out there by his own on his lonesome, man. He was just kind of in deserted places, man, just kind of chilling. He was fasting for 40 days and being tempted this whole time. And at the end of those 40 days, the enemy comes up, man. The devil comes up to him and says, hey, he starts challenging him, starts challenging his power. He says, check this out. If you're God, 
or you're the son of God, which is, if you're God, I know you're hungry. There's a lot of rocks around here. Check this out. Use your power, all right, to serve yourself, man. Turn these rocks into bread. Eat. And Jesus responded and said, the word of God says that the man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen? Amen. That's what Jesus said. So the, so the enemy took him to Jerusalem, right? And, and to, you know, kind of, it's crazy that the enemy took Jesus. That's kind of weird, but we'll talk about that another time too. But check this out. The enemy took him to the temple in Jerusalem, to a really high, to the, to, to the very top of it. He says, check this out, man. If you're God, why don't you just jump? All right, because let me just show you, because you, know, you want to use the word? Check this out. I know the word too. The word says that he will not let you, you know, he'll, his angels will catch you and they won't let you just, you won't hit your foot, you won't get nothing, you won't get hurt at all. Do it. Use your power. Serve yourself, man. What's power for? If not to just take care of yourself. Jesus says, you know what? You know, if I was stupid, you know what? Jesus, hopefully Jesus would have said something. You know what's stupid? You know what I mean? All right, you know what? Check this out, man. He says, you know what? The word also says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. He says, get it right. You can use scripture, man. Use the whole thing. Don't just use pieces for your own benefit, for your own consumption. So then the enemy says, oh, he, he took him to this big mountain, right? And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world, right? Uh, you know, I don't know how he did it, man, but he just did it, all right? It's in the word. I believe it, man. It happened. He took him, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And said, if you would just bow down and worship my power, I will give you power over all these kingdoms. Which if I was Jesus, are you trying to give me something I already own? <laughs> Whatever. Basically saying, put your divinity to some real use, man, and serve yourself. Isn't that what it's for? And Jesus said to him, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, he says in this, he said to him, be gone, Satan. I had a PE teacher, Mr. Dampier, all right? Yeah, he's always wore those, those really tight gym shorts that come down to here. Back in the 70s, that freaked you out. All right? Anyways, he had a big old afro, man, and every time I'd show up to gym class late, I'd be one minute late. You know what he'd say? Jeriki, be gone. <laughs> and I had to go run laps all through PE. It was messed up, man. You made sure you didn't want to hear those words. But anyways, he told Satan, be gone. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. Amen. He is the only king. He is the only one on the throne. He is the only one worthy. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Amen. Amen. Sometimes that just ain't good enough. And, and it's really messed up because that ain't good enough creeps into the church. And we want more no matter who has to pay for it. We want, we want more because power is intoxicating, right? And we all know that intoxicating people don't make good decisions, right? Power is intoxicating. I got to share something pretty painful to me, but I have to share it, and I'm sorry. 
Um, people are using power, man, for some really messed up things in the church. I don't know if you've been following along in the news and like, it just seems like every year you're hearing about a new leader in the faith falling. Not falling. I'm tired of calling it falling. This is straight up sinning against God. Sinning against God, transgressing against God, using their faith, their stance in being a Christian, all right, to prey on young women, which is, 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 is I just want to say cuss words. Sorry. <laughs> Pisses me off. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> I've been watching. I mean, remember Rabbi Zacharias is the latest man. I've, I've loved this man for years. And I have followed him, and I have even quoted him numbers of times in, the, in sermons and stuff like that. But I have been just researching the investigation that's going on about him because I was like, no way, not him, no way, not him, no way, not him, man. And I've just been researching the reports, the law firms, and they're his own ministry coming out saying, look, it's true, we're sorry. He's using, man. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's just like, what in the world are you doing? You think God has given you power and position and influence so you can do this trash? I mean, it's going to remind you, ladies here, you young daughters of the king. Remember, you are daughters of the king. And if son of the king or son, claims to be a son of the king tries to come over and tell you that you owe him something like this, you tell him to kick rocks, punch him in the throat. And if you're afraid to do that, come get us, men. We'll punch him in the throat for you. You're a daughter of the king, man, and, and no somebody who claims to be a son of the king, all right, is, 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 is anything of worth who thinks that they can do anything like that. That's horrible. And I'm watching this, 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 this person who has led me. I don't know how many times I felt like calling this man to be my mentor. And now I'm just, again, disgusted. Because he used power. The influence and even the resources, the money that God has blessed that ministry with to serve himself at the cost of the physical, the emotion, the emotional, even the spiritual well-being of the very people that he was called to lead to Jesus. And that is sickening. Like, was this person all of a sudden, you know, less than him? Right? I've heard this way too much in the church, and, it's, and, and man, we have to stand up and show the world something different because this is not Jesus. The world's looking at the church, man, and more and more people, when they're looking at the church, they're looking at us, and they're trying to see what they see. That's why I ask you, when the world looks at you, what does it see? They're trying to see Jesus because they're dying to see Jesus. And when we show them something different, they go running the other way, many never to return. I don't want to be responsible for that. We need to show them something different. We need to cast these kings down, all right, when they start to raise up their ugly heads in our lives. And, and, and then this king of pride, I don't know if you missed last week, you need to go back and check out last week as we talk about the king of kings in the, the, the small K of these kings, all right, which is pride, which leads to the king of power and which leads to the, having the king of pleasure, which we'll talk about next week. 
But when, when they raise up their ugly head, man, you need to be able to get ready to just whoosh, broadsword, the sword of the Spirit of God, and cut that head off. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about this king of power, all right, and how it raises its head in our life when, in fact, God does give us power. And this is how the enemy uses, like he's a half-truth, that God gives you power, he gives you influence, Yes, but it's not for your benefit. It's for his glory and the benefit of others. Say others with me. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. For the benefit of others. And so how can we recognize when, when the king, small k of power, is trying to usurp in our life? And so Father, I just give you the praise, Lord God, and give you the honor and give you the glory, Lord God, and ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Whoops, excuse me. I burped and you said, amen. <laughs> that was funny. I said, oh, excuse me, amen. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Father, we just give you the praise <laughs> for everything, even burps. We give you the praise, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We just want to give you thanks. We just want to give you thanks. Guide us, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. How can we recognize when this power, and again, all right, pride will have you looking at somebody else right now through this, through this message. Don't fall for it. Take self-examination, all right? When you're taking a look at your life, do you see these, 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 these things show up in your life. I, I have this little quick list, bullies, pull rank, always right, status, and there's everything. You see yourself bullying or, or pushing your weight around with, with people who don't have as much power or strength as you. Do you see yourself, all right, uh, pulling rank because you know what, uh, you know, I'm the one in charge right here. Do you see yourself as always needing to be right? Do you see yourself as, as rec- looking for recognition and status because it seems to be everything? Those are just a few, but look at these, these next three, man, are just, are just heavy. And I just want to challenge you to just do some, some, some internal investigation, all right? Because when you have, when you, when you have, you know you have a problem with the pursuit of power, when, when number one, you, you, when you're only satisfied by accomplishments, when you're only satisfied by accomplishments, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever been to, and this subtly shows up in so many different ways, have you ever been to like your kid's soccer game? Or, or, or whatever, and, and you notice a parent that's just going nuts, man, and the, and, and the kid makes a goal or something, and, and they come and tell their dad that they, they made a goal, and he's like, that's great, son, but you missed three. You had three more opportunities, you missed them. Come on, you can do better. Now, I see, I see how that can be a little bit more encouraged, but, but, but there's also a deflating in there because you're just like, you're just like you, you know, you're just trying to just show him what he did wrong instead of what he did right. Let me ask you this. When you're at your kid's game, do you find yourself cheering more for your last name or their first name? That's an important thought. So when you're only satisfied by accomplishments, you might have a problem with the pursuit of power. Number two, all right, when you tend to have little regard for integrity, when you tend to have little regard for integrity, man, because here's what I know. Every forward advancement, every, every movement forward, all right, will be challenged by an ethical way to do it and an unethical way. Usually the unethical way are the shortcuts to getting there when moving forward. Let me ask you this. How long does it take for you to make a decision when right or wrong are hindering your way forward?
How long does it take for you to make a decision when this could be wrong? Eh, this is wrong. And, and how long does it, make, does it take you to think about whether or not you should move forward? I mean, if you're hesitating, you could have a problem with a pursuit of power in your life. Number three, when, when, when you don't truly see other people as people, but only as useful or not useful, you could have a problem with power in your life. Do I want this person? I don't know. That's, well, well, they do bring this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about it. Think about it. When the people are in your life and they're only there to serve you, all right, or your platform or your pleasure, you might have a problem. Let me ask you this. Do the people that are in your life, do they know how important they are to your life? And do they know how important they are in life? Because everybody doesn't have to be important just to your life. To encourage people, remind them, man, you are here for a reason, and it is amazing, and I'm going to cheer you on, and I want to know how I can help you get there. All right? You see, because... Even if you're in an industry, you know what I mean, that is just very, very huge on climbing the company ladder or whatever the case may be. And sometimes you have these, these, these young up-and-coming leaders. Do they, do, they, do they scare you? Or do you have to continue to pull rank and, and let them know that you're always right just so they stay back there? Or are you willing to let them get not only beside you, but push them ahead of you and shine and then blow them up and let them take the spotlight away from you? If not, you might have a problem with power. <laughs> you might be saying, you know what? Check this out, man. I ain't got a problem with power because you know what? I ain't got any. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't got none. Which I want to warn you. Could be a bigger problem than you might think. Because you never know what is going to come along and just bump your wanter in the wrong way? I know this sounds like a word, but it's my words, and it really works for me. Your wanter. We all have these wanters. And every once in a while, you're like, oh, I want that. You know what I mean? You got your wanter bumped, all right? And now I want this. And now I really want it. Now, now you can't have it. Now I got to have it, all right? And so it's just your wanter starts getting, getting bumped. And I just got you got to be very, very careful to, you know, pay attention to your wanter. And how do you do that? Again, through praise, prayer, and purpose. Talk more about that throughout this series. It's going to be amazing. But anyways, check this out. So, you know, the fact that you don't, you may think you don't have power, all right, may be a bigger problem than you might think. Because something could come along and bump that wanter. I was... Uh, listening to a pastor who was talking um, about a couple that came in for marriage counseling. And they were just like, they were just at the end of it. He didn't know what the heck was wrong. She was just fed up and there was no infidelity. There was no, you know, no, there was nothing, you know, nothing like, like heinous or craziness in their marriage. It's just that he was just always working and always at it and always you know, at this meeting and this other meeting and taking calls during dinner and all this different stuff if he was there for dinner. And it was just constant. And, and, 
and he was asking this guy, man, he's like, do you recognize what's going on? The guy was like, I don't know, I have a clue. I'm providing for my family. I'm trying to make sure that everybody gets what we need when in fact, you know what? They needed him. But he was in pursuit of power. And so then he started, and this pastor asked him this crazy question. He says, hey man, how was your relationship with your dad? Caught the dude off guard. And he only had basically one, one, one comment. He said, my dad and I don't have a good relationship. Uh, he thinks I'm a bum, and he told me I'd never amount to anything. He got his launcher bumped. And because of that, he was going to prove his dad wrong. I will prove you wrong. And I will be driven. And then that drive just got more and more insatiable. It's just one, he's hungry and hungry and hungry for more and more and more. I wish there was a happy ending to the story, but then the, the guy didn't realize this problem about himself and he ended up losing everything. He lost his wife. He, he lost his kids. He even lost his job. Why? Because he lost his life. The health and the stress, the stress of all this pursuit just trashed his health. And it's a proven fact, medically proven. And he died. Pursuing power. See, God gives us power to live an extraordinary life for, big, for his glory. For the glory of Jesus Christ and for the benefit of the world around us. See, the Tyndale Bible Dictionary just defines power, you know, in the scriptures as, as, as the ability to do things by virtue of strength, skill, resources, or authorization. Hold on. Think about that. We know this, but I think we're missing something when it comes to the leadership of God's word in our life. We're down with the ability to do things. We're down with virtue of strength. I'm not, we're down with getting enough skill and having enough resources. But the authorization, a lot of times we think that we don't need authority. I don't need anybody's authority. He's gonna preach here too, watch this. You guys are gonna, for a big surprise, give him a mic, somebody, quick. All right. We think that we don't, we don't, we don't need, <laughs> yeah, Authorization. You know what I love when I think about Jesus when he was preaching? There were kids running everywhere, I bet. And you know, and he, I bet he loved it. They were hearing the word of God. They were hearing Jesus' name. Whether, you know what? Praise the Lord, amen. We recognize skill, we recognize resource, we recognize strength. Authorization, sometimes we say, you know what? With or without authorization, I'm doing this. Pursue power driven. But in fact, God does give us authorization. Multiple times, one area of scripture, Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus had already uh, given his life on the cross for our sins. He had risen again and he was ascending into heaven. And some of his last words were, because he was being challenged. They're like, hey man, when are we gonna take over? When are we gonna take over? He says, man, this is, this is, not, what, this is not what it's about right now. Look at, check this out. He says, but you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And, and, we, and we look at that verse right there, right? And we're like, man, and many people I've seen so many times say, we are going to receive power. We are going to get power, power, all right? The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Lord. Yes, that is true, but for what? We, we, we look at this, man, and we get it all twisted, most times we only see the word power and we don't pay as much attention to the word witness. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. All right, what is a witness of Jesus Christ? Now this is important because this is the expression that God you know, desires for us to use his power. All right, he gives us power for what? To be a witness of Jesus Christ. And so what is a witness of Jesus Christ? All right, it's the power to live like Jesus in a world that is dying to see Jesus. And it's expressed, and I want to give you four, four ways that this is expressed, all right, and uh, for you note takers, all right? Uh, and uh, so <laughs> I keep looking at my brother. Anyways, um, yeah, inside joke. All right, so um, you're like, tell us. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Right? And so, and so I believe it's expressed in four main ways. This idea of being a witness. He says, look, at, here's why I've given you power. Yes, for the glory of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, and for the benefit of those around you. But here's how it's directly expressed. Number one, he, he gives us power to live a holy and set-apart life like Jesus. First, uh, Second Peter, first chapter one, verse three says, "By His divine power, God, by, by His divine power, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him." We're like, I just can't do it. Yeah, you can. Through Him, we can do all things. Amen. Because He has given us power for this purpose, to live a set-apart life. Too many people swipe, no, not that one, don't want it. Just want this power for other things, self-serving. Well, then you, you I, don't, I don't know, there's, there's a huge problem right there. Too many people, man, they say, I struggle with this. I was listening to another pastor this last week, man, uh, old sermon he was sharing from, I think, 2012, and he says, if your approach to the Christian life is, is thank you for saving me, for my sins. Now I'm going to do my very best to be like Jesus and do what Jesus wants me to do. Good luck. Good luck. The, the, the three words that I always try to be careful not to tell Jesus, three words that I always try to be careful not to tell Jesus is, I got this. I ain't got this. Not without his power without getting closer and closer to him. Number two, he gives us this power. All right, first of all, number one, to, to make the you know, power to live a holy and set apart life like Jesus. Number two, to make disciples of Jesus, just like Jesus made disciples of himself. There you go. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he says this, and Jesus came and said to, all, and said to them, all authority, remember, authorization, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When I look at that and say, I can't do that, then I'm calling him a liar. 
Because he's saying, go and do it. I've given you power. I've authorized you. So number one, to live a holy and set-apart life like Jesus. He's given us power. Number two, to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And, and then he's also given us power. Number three, to endure suffering just like Jesus because that's part of the payment. I'm going out and trying to change the world for the glory of God. We don't always get met with, oh, yeah, come on. Yeah, praise the Lord. What, how do you do that? All right, yeah, why don't you bring, did you bring your Bible? We don't hear that a lot. Right? Matter of fact, we hear the opposite a lot. And I've told you before, man, when you're sharing the gospel, and we're going to talk about this again in a few weeks, when you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, right, right to, to, you know, make sure that you're not the one that's being offensive because the word is already a bit offensive. Bring mints. Always bring mints. When you're talking to people, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, dang, I need, I think I got a third degree burn from that throat of yours, man. It's like, <laughs> but we have to recognize to endure suffering, right? That, that, that he gives us power to endure suffering. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. God gives us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel uh, by the power of God. He gives us power to live a set-apart life, just like Jesus did, to make disciples of Jesus, just like Jesus did, and to endure suffering, just like Jesus did. And he also, number four, gives us power he gives us power to give, you know, to, 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 to give power to those who have no power, just like Jesus did. To give power to those who have no power. And it's, it's amazing, like you read through this story after story after story where people were just hurting and they just reached into their life and they weren't hurting anymore. A lot of times it was through physical, all right, this, this person had a broken, was broken, couldn't walk. Or uh, in Acts chapter three, I think it is, there's a, a story where this lame, uh, they called him lame, but basically this, this crippled uh, uh, um, guy was begging out in front of the temple and he asked Peter and John for some money. And they go, look, I ain't got no money, but what I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you in the name of Jesus Christ. They have the power of the Lord within them. And he said, rise up and walk. They gave it away, man. It gave that power away. And he just, it just look, I, you know, we ain't got no money, but I want you to check out and look how cool we look and how holy we are. You know what I mean? We're told Christians and you're not, so maybe that's why you're there. They didn't do none of that. So look, man, I'm going to speak right into your life. Power of the Lord. Get them and walk, man. Everybody came rushing around, and they were like, oh, my gosh, you guys are so amazing. <clears throat> and Peter, uh, he said this in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 12. He says, why do, you, why do you wonder at us? Why do you stare at us as though by our own power that we've made this guy to walk? And verse 16 says, in his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see now. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of all of you. You see, all is for the glory of God Almighty, period. Here's what I recognize, man, and I have come to know over the years and years of trying to know Jesus better, trying to know God more, is that in God's economy, great power is only found in great submission. It's weird, huh? 
Great power is only found in great submission to God Almighty. There's a scripture that a lot of Christians like to claim, man, and I recognize I claim it too. Jesus says, you know what? He's talking about all the things that he's done, the miracles and stuff, and they're all like, yeah, you know what? He goes, look, check this out, guys. You guys are going to do greater things than I've done while I was here. Greater things. He actually says this. You're going to do greater things. And when we look at that, man, and we're like, yes, and I've seen so many Christians say, we're going to do greater things. We're going to go out and do some greater things. My, my, my first question is, what is your perception of greatness? You have to begin there. What is your perception of greatness and greater things than these? What is your perception? Because we can't wait to express the power of God, all right, the greatness, and do greater things. But, but we need to remind ourselves that Jesus' idea of greatness, all right, and his purpose of power was in serving others. Jesus himself said, look at man, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but, but, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for everybody. What does the world see when it looks at you? What does it see? Because you're in control of that answer. You know that. You have power for that, over that answer. How are you using that power? Amen? In First Chronicles... Chapter 29, we recognize that when power, this is written by a king, this was actually declared by a king who had been given authority over a whole country, King David. This is, this is, a, real, this is, a, this is a real account. This is a historic, this is history. This guy was getting ready to say this. You know, he was recognizing, man, you know, he is recognized as king. He is in control. He is in power. And you know what he does to keep that power in check? He praises God. I told you, man, these kings, man, power, pride, power, and personal pledge, pursuing a personal pleasure, all right, at the cost of other people, all right, you know, is, are gonna, is gonna try to rise up as kings in our life and we have to chop their heads off. How do we do it, man? With praising the only one who deserves praise. Prayers of repentance and, and pursuit of, of God Almighty. Repentance of a life that lived apart from him. And opening up his word and discovering a life of purpose on this planet. A life of purpose God has called you, right, every one of you, and he desires, I believe, to do great things through each of your lives. We just got to answer back. So when challenged with leadership and power, here's what David said, all right? In First, first Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11, he says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power. <coughs> Excuse me. You're, just, just a cough. All right, I don't have a cough. I just coughed. That's it. So I'm freaking out. All right. Anyways, <laughs> yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all things. Now, all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Amen. Yours is the kingdom. Amen. 
oh Lord, and you are to be exalted as head above all. The king, all right, said this to the only king, the Lord of hosts, the great God Almighty, the Most High. He says, both riches and honor, they come from you, and you rule over all. And in your hand are power and strength and power and might. And in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. And now, we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Can you praise him like that? Because here's what I know about my praise. My praise will lead me into prayer. And that prayer leads me into a purpose, a life of purpose. And that life of purpose must always begin with praise that leads me into prayer and guides me into purpose through his word. In Jesus' name, amen.